The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast, and I am your host, Jay Spence the King. I am back for the fourth time in the second season of the Code of Conduct podcast, brought to you by Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I am excited. I have a very, very special guest, which makes it a very, very special episode. I got my guy Antoine Staley joining me from the Tallahassee Democrat. He is a beat reporter who covers FSU. He covers or has previously covered the Miami Dolphins as well as the Carolina Panthers. He is also a hip-hop connoisseur, which is part of the reason why I love him. He's a Cam Newton supporter, which is part of the reason why I love him. So it just seems like he's a big part of, or he's, he's a lot like me. I used to be a FSU fan until we drafted EJ Manuel from, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm still an FSU fan. Shout out to my guy, Antoine Staley. Um, he's, he's joining me on the show, so I'll bring him in here really quickly. Um, I will say, I'm not going to talk long, but I will say there is one thing that I do want to talk about very, very briefly. I just want to take a moment and shout out everybody who is a part of the Buffalo Bills staff and I'm not talking about like the front office I'm not talking about the people that we normally would appreciate I'm talking about the people who because I I thought about it the other day Um, Joe and I obviously went to the first playoff game and then there were a couple other friends that I had that went to other or the second playoff game and um, you know with the COVID restrictions this year and and just with in general every season um, I had the opportunity to talk to one of the gentlemen who is the net guy, or I don't know what their official title is, but the guy that that pulls the nets up when when the Bills score or when any team scores for that matter. And, um, you know, he just gave me, you know, some some feedback on how it was this year and how how fun it was, but how weird it was at the same time. I just want to give a shout out to those people because they're a big part of the experience that we enjoy as NFL fans. Um, You go to the NFL, you go to the game every Sunday and those people taking your tickets, those people who are giving you your beer that you have to pay $47 a beer for, um, they're part of your experience just as much. And without those people, you know, the Buffalo Bills organization wouldn't seem as cool as they are and as 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 fun as they are because we have a great quarterback and we have, you know, good character and good, you know, they're, they're comedy really. It's fun to watch and fun to be around. But again, without all of these people, 
without the people not named Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and the Pagulas, there are a lot of people that we don't get to see and talk to on a day-to-day basis that really do deserve a thank you and deserve to be acknowledged. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who is a part of the Buffalo Bills organization from the training staff all the way down to the janitors. I just think that and not down to, I don't want to say it like it's a low position, but I just think that you guys should be celebrated as well because you are a big part of everything that we cheer for every week when the season is going on. So, um, you know, good luck to you all this off season. I hope we get to see you all in person next season. I think this thing is, I hope there's a light at the tunnel with this pandemic. I feel it. I see it. But that is what it is. Like I said, I'm not going to talk long. I have a, a fun episode today, which we go over all of the news that I would normally talk about by myself. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoy it. This is my guy, Mr. Antoine Staley of the Tallahassee Democrat. And you already know how I do. Please leave me some feedback. Leave me a comment. Follow me on Twitter. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Jay Spence the King. Let's go. This is a Jay Spence. All right, exclusive. ladies and gentlemen, I have my special guest. I have joining me. He's he's a he's a second He's a returning guest now at this point, uh, my man Antoine Staley joining me. And part of the the thing that I, that attracted me to your work was a lot of the conversation that you had about our AFC East rival Miami Dolphins and a lot of your takes regarding Cam Newton. As I am such a self, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna crown myself a big Cam Newton fan. So, but how's it going today, Mr. Staley? Uh, everything's going all right. How you doing, man? I can't complain. It's um. The off season is weird now. Uh, this is the first year I've I've been kind of this ramped up with the bills being this good, and so now I don't know how to feel this off season. But uh, how are things for you going in the off season? Uh, I mean, it's been a very interesting off season. It's been an interesting day, really. Uh, just <laughs> talking about the uh, Russell Wilson news, and you know, you got Deshaun Watson, and yeah, it's just going to be one of those crazy off season once again. So I'm definitely looking forward to it, and uh, looking forward to all the madness. You know what, I think this offseason, you know, to kind of not to go right into the topic about Deshaun Watson or um, Russell Wilson, but this offseason is going to be probably one of the most fun in recent years, just in general, because there's so many moving parts. It it looks like we're probably going to have seven or eight, maybe more quarterbacks switching teams this year. I can't remember the last time we had that many quarterbacks. Um, and then there's some other big pieces. Um, J.J. Watt is being linked to, I think, three teams at this point. Green Bay. Um, Pittsburgh is out of it, I believe. I, th- I think it was Green Bay, Buffalo, Cleveland. And, and Cleveland. So yeah. um, where do you where do you see J.J. Watt falling? Oh, I mean, I, I think it's all of those are really good options for him. Uh, obviously, he grew up in Wisconsin and went to school at Wisconsin. He's a Badger. So I think that. I always thought that'd be the number one spot for me. And then mm-hmm. Buffalo makes a lot of sense too, because I know they need a lot of pass rush and help. Uh, we, I think we saw that in the AFC championship against the uh, Chiefs that just lack of pass rush, especially when you're playing a guy like Patrick Mahomes, it'll definitely hurt you in some regard too as well. And Cleveland, I think you have a guy with J.J. White, even if he's not the same guy that he used to be, just having somebody that has that pass rush and threat and that's uh, on the opposite side of Miles Garrett. Uh, I think that's definitely appealing to him, too, as well. So, yeah, I think it's a number of different ways he could go. I think Buffalo probably needs him more than the other teams. But I, I think either way, all those three, all three options are really, really good options. And I think he'd be successful no matter where he decides to go. Yeah. Yeah. All the all the Bills fans listening to this, obviously, want to go to Buffalo. I see I, I see Green Bay being the best option for him. Just. You know, not that I don't think the Bills can win a Super Bowl next year because I do, uh, but I just think 
when you're talking top to bottom roster quarterback just everything i think if you're looking to end your career out to get a super bowl i think green bay is probably at the top of my list if if i'm jj watt but but buffalo you know we would love to have him absolutely would love to have him uh but so he requested his release from tennessee or tennessee from the texans and was granted his release meanwhile we have deshaun watson who very he's very upset with the organization he requested a trade he's you know and he has a list of teams that he would prefer to go to it looks like your Carolina Panthers are trying to clear. I think they cleared, I think roughly 25 million in, um, in recent days or last week or so, which kind of brings them to about 40 million in free space right now. I, I could be wrong there, but I think that's about where it is. Do you see them making a run for Watson or is it, you know, are they looking to do other things? Well, they're looking to do other things too. I think they want Watson, but they need to show up to make sure they have a left tackle next year too, as well. And I think that's part of it is uh, some of the moves that they're making too, and also making sure you have some money for the draft and show up some holes defensively because they need a lot of help um, on that side of the ball too, as well. And I, I definitely think can see them uh, freeing up some money for that too, as well. But yeah, obviously they're definitely interested in Watson just because. They need a quarterback. They thought Teddy Bridgewater might be the guy. I I, I never thought Teddy would be the guy personally. I thought he was kind of um, like a bridge guy, no no pun intended. But I just thought that he'd be somebody uh, kind of gatekeeper for somebody else to eventually take over. I thought it might be come to draft, and it still might be the case too because the, the Panthers are going to have to give up a lot, and I don't know necessarily they want to give up three first round picks for Deshaun Watson. And I know Houston's probably going to. Hold, they're gonna, they're gonna hold somebody's feet to the fire and defend. They're gonna get a lot of pits for them. So I definitely think they're interested too. It's all, it's all about what the Panthers willing to give up to get Watson because it's probably gonna have to be some picks and players, which is gonna have to include probably a Brian Burns who they don't want to give up because mm. pass rushers are so premium in this league, as you know. And I also probably maybe a Jeremy Chen or some kind of wide receiver, whether it be a Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore or somebody of that nature too, as well. So it's just it's a matter of how much they're willing to give up to get a Watson, and you don't want to strip down your team to get a Deshaun uh, Watson. But at the same time, you have to realize that it, it takes a franchise quarterback or somebody that can potentially be that franchise quarterback who who can t- elevate you to the next level. So that's that's the main thing for me. Yeah. And to your point, um, you don't want to gut the roster. It kind of reminds me of um, Carmelo Anthony when he was traded. I know it's a different sport completely. So, you know, we can't make the comparison too direct. But uh, when Carmelo Anthony was traded to the Knicks and they, you know, basically got back the entire Knicks roster, some first round picks. So when Melo got there, he didn't have anybody to help him actually do anything. So um, it's one of those things where I look at Deshaun Watson and and. You know, I'll be curious to see where you put him, but I, I, I currently I put him as top five in the league. Yeah, and, I do. I agree. And, and by top five, I'm not saying number five. I think that, you know, I think he's. Um, I know obviously he doesn't have the, the the Super Bowl. He doesn't have the wins in the playoffs like you know Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or whatever. But man, when you watch him and you see what he's done with lesser talent around him. I just don't I don't see how anybody could not put him in that top five conversation. Yeah, it's it's hard it's a hard list of when you talk about the top five, but I definitely think he's there in that conversation just simply because that the talent that he has um can definitely make all the throws do, can 
this generation of quarterbacks, you have to be able to move and and be a f- kind of mobile quarterback, and he's certainly that too. And uh, I know Dabble Sweeney called him the Michael Jordan of football. I don't know if I'm going to go yeah. that far yet, but <laughs> yeah, he definitely um, it's a ta- it's a rare talent. And you remember how how he came into the draft, and a lot of people had a lot of questions about him. Could he sustain that level at the next at, in, in the NFL? Which I never questioned that. I thought he was a top five pick, but for whatever reason, he ended up slipping down. Um, until the double digit rounds, and then Houston ended up taking him. So, yeah, I I, th- I think he's still I think he's in the top five for me. I think it's just a matter of can you, the team that you put around him. I thought Houston was getting close too. It's just a matter of you know you end up trading uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and you know you make these boneheaded decisions as far as draft pits. And you know I know you like Larry McTunsil, but uh, yeah, that was just a crazy trade with the Dolphins uh, giving up that much and getting Kenny Stills and all that, and now you're kind of gutted. So in a way, Houston, you kind of you don't want to trade Watson, but at the same time, to kind of replenish that what you lost from those trades, you kind of feel like you have to at some point if he doesn't want to be there. So I, I, they kind of in a, between a rock and a hard place, but that's why I think ultimately they're going to want to trade him because they they don't have a lot anyway. <laughs> they don't have a lot of picks yeah. anyway. They had they had picks and. They were a good team, and I would say just kind of stay pat, but they, they need all the help they can get, especially with a new regime coming in there. So I think the smart thing to do is maybe just to move on, especially when you have a disgruntled player who doesn't want to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, question, how do you how do you and I know it's all speculation, obviously, at this point, but how do you kind of see that playing out? Because from what I'm reading, it seems like Houston is like, you know what? We're not even taking calls, man. <laughs> like like I know he say he want to trade, but I don't care what he talking he going to be here. What, how do you see it playing out? Uh, it's it's all – they're dug in the hills right now, but that doesn't necessarily mean uh, it can't change within a month. That's definitely – think as you've seen the NFL, things can change pretty quickly. So I, I expect – they may be dug in the hills for right now, but I think as you get closer to the draft and teams start to figure out their quarterback situations, I definitely think they'll think of, consider – possibly taking some calls and seeing what they can get for him because i mean if you get three first round picks for just about anybody like i'm willing to listen i may not necessarily uh <laughs> make the trade but even for russell wilson like i'll listen but i don't know if i'm gonna trade him but yeah i definitely would listen to that and see what you have to say especially when you're a team that's so far away uh like houston is and i mean you look you were losing team with uh, deshaun watson I mean, so just take the picks. Just take, the, just try to replenish your team. You got a new regime in there. You don't want to start off with a player that's not happy anyway, and then eventually you're gonna to have to trade him because he might be willing to sit out. I don't know if he is. Uh, he seems like he's dug in and doesn't want to play for Houston anymore. I don't know if he's willing to take that route where to, to sit there and retire. Uh, but if you're Houston, you kind of want to maximize the his potential getting back as far as draft picks. So I think you might want to consider go ahead and making that move. Man, and I know um, there's been earlier in the offseason, I know we're, we're still kind of young in the offseason here, but earlier in the offseason or earlier when um, the news first broke that Deshaun Watson wanted to be traded, Miami was was a destination that appeared to be on his list. I know early on the New York Jets were as well, but I guess we got some clarification that he doesn't want to go there. But Miami, I thank God that we got that clarification. I don't understand why anybody would want to go to New York. In the, I mean, I get it, it's New York. I would, yeah. I think to be a savior for a franchise, just imagine how thirsty they are for a winner. Just imagine, like, look at Tom. When Tom Brady came to New remember how the Patriots used to be a bad franchise yeah. for all of, uh, you know, everybody. If some people don't remember that, but 
in the eighties and nineties, they were kind of a doormat. And then you get Bill Belichick coming in there. Well, really start with Bill Parcells. I give him credit. And then things start to turn around there too. And kind of got lost with Pete Carroll coming in there. And then you get Bill Belichick and, you know, you draft Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. And, you know, I, I, 20 years later, you got like a dynasty going. So just imagine if you could get a Deshaun Watson were to decide to go there. I know he doesn't want to, but you, you're winning in New York. That's the that's the place you want to be when you're winning. Not out, not out, not necessarily all the time, but when you're winning, that's that's the sports town you want to be in the sports area. So I I would want to be there, but I can get why some people don't just because of the Jets organization has been so you know. What well, it that's is. For me what it comes down to. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I can see New York, like New York. I, I get New York, but but the ownership. So like the difference with, in my opinion, with the, the Patriots it was Robert Kraft was a young owner at that point where, yeah. you know, it, it was new vision, new direction. So, you know, just newness all around made sense. But the Jets, man, like I like the I like the hire for coach. So you know, I. I like the staff that they have, but I'm still at the point. As a Bills fan and just as a football fan in general, it's like, okay, they got to show me something, though. Like, you, you got to prove it because at this point, you know, like the Jets have just, you know, I, I like Todd Bowles back, but still, other than that, like signing after signing and that, and, and it's like just play after pick after, or they make bad picks, they, they bring in bad free agents, or they have bad contracts, or they get rid of good players, or they, they just got to show me something, man. I just yeah. I don't see the Jets. But back to the original question, um, he was Watson was also linked to Miami. Um, now, for me, Miami would be a scary situation if Sean Watson was to be able to trade into the AFC East. And now we don't have to worry about the development of Tua. And it's all about the dominance of Deshaun Watson. What do you think? I mean, obviously, they would have to give up a, a King's ransom as well. But what do you think um, they would have to give up? And how would the team look, you know, if with what you feel they would have to give up in Deshaun Watson being on that roster just from everybody that I've talked to they they're clearly they're going to go with two at least for right now but Mm -hmm. if they were to get into the business again anything can change within a short amount of time but if they were to get into the business of trying to acquire Watson they have two first round picks so they could do that um three and 18 and then they'll probably take another pick and then maybe, you know, a player or so after that too. But they their position well where they could do it. The the Jets are too. It's like I say, he just doesn't want to go there. Um, and you know, he has some power because he has no trade calls, which I would never give a player no trade calls uh ever in a, in the NFL anyway. But that's neither here or there. But the fact that remains is he has some kind of power and I, I think I think the Dolphins would. That's probably where he wants to go. Just because they're set up well, they have Robert uh, have, uh, Flores as the coach. Uh, I think he's done did a great job in the second year there, and it seems like they're positioned well to take that next step and make it to the playoffs. So I, I think that's probably where he want to go. But it would it's going to take a lot. No matter who decides to to try to try to trade for Deshaun Watson, there it's going to take a buttload of picks and probably some players too as well. But it definitely starts with your first two first round picks and probably one next year too as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I personally, I want to see him in San Fran. I know um, that's probably not, on, it might be on the top of his list or somewhere on there. I don't know. Yeah. But I just think San Fran for him, man, if, if you put him with that team as is, I'm sure it wouldn't be as is because they would have to give up a lot. Yeah. But, but if you were able to put him with that offense, the way it is healthy, Man, that would just be so. It would that'd be, be a so great situation for him. Yeah, that'd yeah. be a great situation for him because, yeah, assuming depending on who they give up, uh, I think defensive wise, 
that would be great too. Um, assuming they hold on to the parts that they have, but yeah, that, that'd be a perfect scenario for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, we're moving on from Watson. Um, we actually spoke about him a little bit longer than, than I intended to, but, um, so, to move forward to another quarterback who I love dearly. Um, my man Cam was on the I Am Athlete. I don't know if it's a podcast or a vlog. I don't know yeah. what they're calling it. Podcast, but yeah. um, so they were on, he was on the podcast with um, Ocho Cinco and Brandon Marshall and Fred Taylor. And he was talking about some things about uh, one of the first things I want to ask you about. He mentioned the system in New England and the Patriot way. And he talked about the learning curve and and really not how difficult it was necessarily for him mentally but really how difficult it was really just to come in and change something that's been in place for almost 20 years um what were your thoughts about the podcast and and you know um what are your thoughts about that specifically about you know how he described the patriot way and and the winning or this year the losing culture there yeah i thought it was a very candid interview by him and just some honesty that uh, which I think I think he's the thing I always did like about Cam Newton. Uh, I know a lot of people give him crap about the way he dressed and stuff, other stuff that doesn't really matter. Uh, it's because he's he's very candid, especially this year. He he knew he didn't play very well. Uh, now how how you perceive him or whatever the case may be is I'm sure is different, but he understood that he needed to play better. He wishes he would play better. It was a different school situation for him just because you're replacing Tom Brady. And even though Cam Newton has had some success in the league, you're st- you're replacing, you know, the best quarterback of all time. I mean, how do you, I mean, it's, it's not an easy situation. And yeah, everything was dedicated towards him. And I know Josh Daniels and they tried to, fit to some things and wrinkles around him. But at the end of the day, it's the set, system was fit, set up for Tom Brady. That's just what right. it is. I mean, it, that's the reality of it. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. And he had came off of, you know, being in Carolina and everything kind of revolving around him. And now all of a sudden he kind of has to revolve around an offense that's totally different and learn that terminology. And remember, he came in late last year, too. Mm-hmm. And yep. there's no traditional training camp like I normally is. And he didn't have that all season program to learn to play. with. So everything which is kind of he was learning on the fly. And you could see that early on with the limited playbook, the limited plays that they were running. Some of the things Patriots were putting some of the same things all over then just kind of you know, in a different way, but yeah, I, I definitely think it was some, it's some truth to that. Uh, I did it necessarily. Was that the total reason why he necessarily didn't play as well? I think it's part of it, but I don't think it's necessarily the whole thing. I think part of it was, you know, you look at the COVID since he ended up getting COVID. So mm-hmm. that wasn't necessarily, and I, I don't, I've never had, I don't have COVID. I hope I don't get it, but uh, just for people that I've spoken to that might've had it, it has some effect on you from, it could be weeks or even months down the line. So I think that's some effect too. And also, I mean, yeah, it's just some physical limitations that he also has too, as well, that he's not the same player that he used to be. We understand. I think everybody has to understand that uh, he's gotten older. He's, he's 31, 32, but his body is probably more or less close to 40 just because of all the hits and stuff that he's taken. So yeah, it's a, it's a combination of a lot of different things too. I think of why he didn't play well. And uh, I hope he gets another opportunity. Uh, I would like to see, I can see the Patriots bringing him back, but I also can see them drafting somebody also to compete. Well, I think no matter where he goes, I don't think anybody's going to hand him the keys to a franchise. I think he's going to have to go out and compete for a starting job, no matter where he goes. 
Yeah, that that was one of the things that um that was the next question I was going to and the last question that I was going to ask you about Cam. Uh one of the comments that he made was like, you know, there ain't 32 dudes better than me. You know, it ain't 32. And it's like, well, Cam, as much as I love you, like I okay, I'm a Bills fan. Like you and you know I'm a Bills fan for real. I got two Cam jerseys that are Patriot. I have never owned a Patriots jersey in my life and I have two of them. So like this is how much I love that dude, but this season, um, like you mentioned, there were some physical limitations to where um, like simple slant routes, like five yards, 10 yards out. And it looked like he was like throwing the ball into the dirt. Uh, yeah, it is. that's not that's not the playbook or that's not the learning curve. That's an actual. Hey, Cam, you got to make that throw and you couldn't make it. So yeah. um, what's you, you just mentioned that you could see New England bringing him back. Is there another situation that you could see him in where he could possibly go and compete for a starting position because really um like i said there's a lot of movement around the nfl this summer or this offseason um as far as quarterback position so so what else can you see for cam i think uh well to get into it, i think it's like 15 teams that have questions at quarterback no matter if somebody's retiring possibly or moving on or deshaun watson wanting to be traded from houston or whatever the case may be so i think you have about 15 teams that have questions there now, as far as his comment about 32, I agree with him, but that's not the point, though. I think James Winston could have went and started somewhere, too, last year, too. Is The fact of the matter is, how does a team perceive you? And also, do they want to go younger and develop that quarterback? That's what mm-hmm. it's all about. It's not necessarily about you being better than 32 quarterbacks. Yeah, he's better than 32 quarterbacks. I think James Winston is better than 32 than some of the quarterbacks that started last year. It's just a matter of if somebody's going to give him an opportunity to – to, play, to be the starter. That's pretty much what it boils down to. It didn't happen with Jameis. And I thought Jameis, I, I actually thought Jameis might have been a better option than Drew Brees um, in the playoffs, but that's a whole different argument though. But I, I think, um, I think a matter of who can give him the opportunity. I think, I think the Patriots is one of the t- teams. I think potentially Washington, depending on what they might decide to do there. Alice Smith, clearly, I don't think he's going to come back after the comments that, in GQ about, how he, the team didn't really want him to come back, which I kind of understand because of his severe leg injury. And, you know, I was kind of skeptical of him coming back myself. But, yeah, I think uh, depending on what they want to do with the quarterback position, but it, it, for Ron Rivera, do you want to go down that road? Because it, it's such a, like it's going to be all like Carolina all over again. You already got mm-hmm. Kyle Allen there. You got Tyler Haneke, who was in Carolina too. You want to, you really want to go back down that road there again? Because remember, you know, Cam Newton, his injury essentially got Ron Rivera fired from Carolina. Yeah. So I don't necessarily know if you want to go down that road too when having a Cam Newton, when you saw how that ended up with, with the Panthers. So I think that is a situation for him. But it's, it's going to be very limited because I don't think anybody's going to necessarily put their offense, cater their offense around him because of his limitations and also his injury history too as well. Yeah. And and I guess that that's where um, and I know he he made it very clear that retirement for him isn't necessarily a thought. But that that's the reason why I was asking the question, because I don't want to see Cam retire. I would love to see Cam, you know, obviously go back to Superman form. I, like, that's my dude. But if New England doesn't bring him back, you know, so let's just say hypothetically, New England don't bring him back. And then the Washington football team, let's say that Ron Rivera connection. You're right. Like, hey, last time this got me fired i might want to i might want to you know chill from cam for a minute there there aren't many opportunities that i could see him beating the guys that are currently where they are or with the movement i don't see him as like a top you know as as a top option 
with some of the guys that are out there. So yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of concerned for him, man. I am. Yeah, I am too. I think because you may have teams that have want to go with a younger guy. And then mm-hmm. he does. I don't know. He has he have the humbleness to want to be a backup. I don't know if he does. So I know he I know he doesn't want to retire. But at the same time, does if he competes and loses, how is he going to act then? I don't know. Like I, yeah. that's that's what I question. Like how will he be a team player in that case? I don't know. He's been the best player on his team. Um, even well, even when he was at Florida, he was the best quarterback. Uh, he was better than Tim Tebow, but the fact Tim Tebow was. You know, he's Tim Tebow in Florida, but yeah. so you can't replace him. But he's been the best player, on, best quarterback on his team all his life. So yeah. how do you go from that to just being the backup quarterback? I don't know if he can. Yeah, it's rough, man. We'll, we'll see. You know, like I said, you know, that's my guy. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on Cam. Uh, but we, we can end this up. We can round this out real quick, though, um, by by ending this up by talking about the AFC East. So um, so my Buffalo Bills went 13 and three, went to the AFC championship. Uh, feel like we're pretty close as far as like as as far as what we want our roster to be so there's only you know some some couple holes here or some tweaks that they might make over the offseason but um we can start off really quickly with with new england since we started you know we ended up talking about cam there so obviously cam newton is a question that might either come back or might leave what what major moves aside from quarterback because that's the obvious one but aside from that what else do you think new england needs to do in order to try and either make a comeback in the division try and compete again, for that that's number one spot there, or even just a, a wild card? You need to put some skill position players, no matter who the quarterback is. That's pretty much what it boils down to. Uh, I don't care I don't care if Tom Brady was there or not. They didn't really have a lot of parts around Cam or whoever. So you need to put some skill position players around their wide receiver, tight end. New England loves tight ends. They didn't necessarily have that threat last year. So that's the main thing for me. Uh, they need to work on whether it be free agency and also the drafts too. So yeah, if you're New England, you have to get more talent around offense. I think defense they're going to be fine. They're always sound, and I think you even saw that last year in the games that they were in. Uh, I think you know just offense. I think if you have a you know just an adequate offense, we could be talking about a possible nine and seven team instead of a seven and nine New England team. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. They you know the the first game that they played the Bills, they actually. You know, it was a Cam Cam Newton fumble, the fumble away from, yeah. from either tying or winning again. You know, so yeah, it was the team. The team absolutely had opportunities to win. They absolutely did, um, even with Cam playing not quote unquote Cam Newton Superman football. Yeah. Um, so next we have the the New York Football Jets. What do you think about the Jets? I know um, they. It looks like it looks like they're gonna stick with Sam Darnold, maybe. I, I probably would. Uh, I, I was sure of some skill. Again, skill position players, I think, uh, are a bit. Th- Here's the thing with the Jets. And I think Adam Gates kind of drove that team really down to the ground, <laughs> to, uh, to be completely honest. And then people just have a negative vibe about Sam Darnold. I, I really don't know how good he is because he was with Adam Gates the last couple of years. So I think I would still believe he can be good. But I would like to see him with a different offensive coordinator and a different coaching regime. That's what I, I would personally like to see because, yeah, Adam Gacy clearly didn't work there. And I, me covering the Dolphins, I, I know how he is with quarterbacks and teams, and it could work then on players. So I would like to see him with another regime too as well. So I, I, I don't necessarily fault them for bringing him back. And then even if, he, even if you don't bring him back, it's still early enough in the coaching process with the Jets. You can still draft the quarterback. It doesn't necessarily preclude you. It's not like you're going into your third or fourth year where you got to win now. 
Like your second year, you still can draft a young quarterback and still develop him. Uh, I don't think you're necessarily going to get fired after two years unless you have like an Adam Gase effect there. But I don't see Salas doing that. So I, I would definitely roll with that and then, you know, see what happens with Donald and, you know, just take it from there. But they definitely, whoever is, again, they need to put players around them. I think they can show up the offensive line too as well. Defense could use some help too as well. Uh, I know they're going to get C.J. Mosley back, but, you know, that contract really does not look really good considering he he really hadn't played since he signed with the Jets at all, whether you're talking about the opt-out or him being injured a year before that too as well. Yeah, he got injured week one that year too. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was rough for, for Mosley. Um, real quick side note, though, you mentioned Adam Gase there. I just – I feel like he owes – Peyton Manning 85% of the salary he's ever received from any NFL franchise because it's, it's impossible for me to understand how he has gotten job after job after job he is terrible yeah it is funny that some of those so you got a lot of coaches that won't get don't get second opportunities I think uh mm-hmm. HBO Sports just came out with a uh piece this week about African-American coaches get trying to get second opportunities like a Leslie Frazier or Marvin Lewis but yeah, you get Adam Gates, who's had far less success than those guys, especially Marvin Lewis in general. No matter how you feel about his Bengals tenure, and he gets another job right away. So I, I don't get it. Like I, I really don't get it. I'll say this: Peyton Manning has made a lot of money for a lot of different people in this league, which I think he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, one of the best players. That probably that's probably takes the cake there for me. Him, yeah. Adam Gates getting two jobs uh, just back to back like that. Man. <laughs> Like and it was back to back. Like yeah. after doing that in Miami, he just turned around and went up to New York like nothing. And exactly. I was like, "Wait a minute, man! What?" <laughs> I laughed. I was like, "Wow!" Well, I, and, I and celebrated. My, and my thing is too. I was like, "Didn't you see what the Dolphin? What happened with the Dolphins? Right? Like, and you're in the same in your division. division. Like exactly. you see them twice a year. You were happy to go against Adam Gates. Now you're going okay. All right, cool. cool. I, I didn't get it. <laughs> but all right, so now we can end it up with your boys, man. I know um that that. You know, Miami is, just, is, you know, they have a piece of your heart for real. So so um, I think that Miami is actually the biggest threat to the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. I think the Miami Dolphins are the biggest threat in the AFC um, after like the Bills. Like the, I think there's like a top four, obviously, like everybody thinks. I think Miami's right there. I think um, depending on like how the quarterback position looks and what they do in the draft, I think they're right there. What do you think about your, your, your squad com- going forward? I think the Dolphins, it's levels to winning. And I think you have to crawl before you walk. And I think the Dolphins took that step. Where you, you went from 5-11 and 11 to 10-6. and six. Now, I know the season didn't end up the way, the way you wanted it to by getting blown out by the Bills. But, you know, you look at it as a whole, that's a successful year. Yeah. I mean, from 5-11 and 11 to 10-6, and six, that's, that, that's incredible to me. Uh, just the, And we're talking about a team that people thought were tanking, was tanking the year before. Right. And then now all of a sudden they were competing for a playoff spot. So, yeah, it's all about just taking that next step. And I, I agree. I think they're the, that next step is making it to the playoffs next year. And the way to do that is, you know, I know that people were harsh around, you know, were critical to her, but get a running game around them. Like, show up the offensive line. Get some better pieces around him um, on the wide receiver spot. Because, you know, I, Devontae Parker is a good talent, but the, to me the best ability is availability. And yep. so he's never showed that the, except for one year in 2019 to show him that he can stay healthy. So you definitely need to show up that offensive line and also get some more receivers around him. I personally would 
think they should go after Marvin Jones and also draft a wide receiver too to go up with Devontae Parker and Preston Wilson. And defensive side, I think still, they can still use a pass rusher too as well. Uh, do some front line help too. I think the secondary is pretty strong there. You know, saving Howard, I know he, he wants a new contract. I don't think they're going to necessarily give it to him with three years left on the deal. But you know, you got you got that showed up too as well. The Dolphins aren't far away. It's just a matter of taking those necessary steps to get where you want to go. And you look at Buffalo. I think Buffalo is a perfect example, too, as well. They finally got they got out the snide in 17, took a little step back in 18 and 19. They end up taking that step, making the playoffs again. And then, you know, 20, they end up making the AFC championship. So, yeah, it's stuff to it. You have to just continue to grow and learn. And I think the Dolphins are definitely doing that. And uh, they're definitely in the right hands uh, with Flores there as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the only thing about Miami that um, well, I was happy about, but I was I was disappointed in. I really think they should. They I understand why you, you they started Tua. I understand. I get it. Fitzpatrick was the best chance to win this year. He really was. Yeah, I think I think what they saw it. I think we've all seen it, and Bills fans have seen this too. Fitzpatrick could be good for a handful of games, and then yeah. you get to a certain point where it's like. He throws like five, six interceptions in the game or something like that. And he basically, so I think the Dolphins were trying to avoid that and then say, okay, he's gotten it to this point. We're thankful for that, but let's go ahead and start Tua. And then it kind of backformed to fire it on him a ton. Tua did some good things too. I just think that for the situation that he was in, he came off a hip injury. He had to rec- recover from that, didn't have the typical offseason. Uh, he's a young guy. He got thrown into the fire of a team that was currently winning. And I think he, I think he did as good a job as he could be. I mean, he didn't necessarily look bad. At, I mean, he looked bad in the Buffalo game. Don't get me wrong. But that was really the only game I think I, I saw that he looked like he, he didn't look outside of his element. And then the Bills, I mean, the Bills were just teeing off on him. And, you know, defensively, yeah, I mean, Buffalo is a great team. So, I, you know, I can't really fault, fault him for that. But that was the only game where I thought he kind of looked uh, wide-eyed. In. Well, and at that point, um, Buffalo, um, we were we – were, we were, I mean, we were hot basically all season, but we were really getting hot at the right time going into yeah. the playoffs. So, um, it, I, don't, I don't look at that game as one that I really say, hey, I can judge Tua off of this game. Sometimes you just go up against a team that, that really is just like there's nothing you can do, which I feel like the Buffalo – that's what happened with the Bills versus uh, the Chiefs in the, cha- yeah. the AFC Championship game. They were just – there was just nothing that we could do right, man. Like it was over. And, and regardless of the season that Josh had, the MVP caliber season and all that, there was just nothing we could do, man. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. I and mean, you know, it ain't no shame, and I don't think it was any shame with Tua losing uh, to the Bills in that situation. They they were trying to get make sure they had the second seed locked down, and that's what they they wanted it, and that's what ended up happening. And you know, it's no shame in losing to the Chiefs too, as well. I mean, the Chiefs got to you know trying to create some kind of a dynasty too, as well. And you know, Mahomes is all world, and I mean, he was less than a hundred percent, but still making those incredible plays too, as well. So. Hey, you know, it is what it is, but I think Buffalo will be fine. I think they're in the right spot, and as long as Josh Allen continues to grow and mature and continues to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league, like I thought he was an MVP candidate, I definitely think they'll be in contention for championships for years to come. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to hold my man Antoine too much longer. He uh, he has a lot going on, just like I do, so we're we going to respect his time. Hey, Antoine, I thank you so much for coming on and, and 
kicking it with me again. Uh, I'm sure heading into the next season, I'm going to reach out again like I have been doing and, and get you back on. Uh, if you want to take this opportunity, let everybody know where to find you on Twitter or wherever else your content is as well. Uh, you find me at Twitter at Antoine Stay. That's really the best place to get linked up to my content. So it's pretty easy. Just my name, Antoine Staley. Uh, the spelling A N T W A N uh, Staley, my last name. So yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty much about it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know how I do it here. It is Jay Spence, the King, representing that Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. This is the code of conduct. Y'all take care of each other, love each other, and live in peace. And as always, go Bills. <laughs>